Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Monday, October the 3rd, 2022, and um, first uh, full week of October coming at us. Here we go. Um, nice day here in uh, Florida, 60, mid-60s, low-60s. Um, yeah, it's going to get like 82 today, but nice, cool morning. I see 42 in Ohio. Wow. Yeah, different. It's going to be a while before we see 42, probably. <laughs> good morning, Deborah. Good morning, Karina. And Pastor Tim and Jane, good morning. Welcome, everybody. So today we're going to read Psalm 22. We're also going to jump back into our readings from C.S. Lewis. Uh, so today is October 3rd, so the, the reading for today, uh, The Great Iconoclast. It's, uh, it's a reading from A Grief Observed, which is uh, a, a, a great work done by C.S. Lewis uh, as he observed his own grief in the loss of his wife. It's uh, really, really good and insightful. All right. It kind of goes with Psalm 22 because Psalm 22 kind of starts off a little uh, melancholy as well. Turns out positive and and hopeful and triumphant, but it, it starts um, on a low note. Well, welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So glad you guys are on. Let's do it. Psalm 22. Here we go. Like I said, it's pretty. It's a longer psalm, so... Uh, yeah, so let's let's get after it. All right, the beginning will sound very familiar. Um, Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you, why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. Um. Obviously, we this most famous to Christians because this is these are the words of Jesus. This is uh, one of the seven final sayings of Jesus from the cross, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's, of course, he didn't say it in English. <laughs> my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, I find no rest. Um, we talked about that before. Everyone, you go through those, you go through those times, low times. You know, you prayed for something, you prayed for something, and you're still facing it. God hasn't delivered. God hasn't healed, and you're in that that time where you're like, God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you not answered? Why am I going through this? I've prayed for this so many times. Why am I facing this? I prayed that this wouldn't be the way it is, but it is. Hmm. You ever prayed that? God, I prayed that this wouldn't be like this, but it is like this. What's up? <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. You know, I prayed that we wouldn't be in this situation, but we are in this situation. Why have you forsaken us? Verse 3, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. Okay, so now he's just going to spit out some theology now. 
but you are enthroned as the Holy One. You're high and lifted up. You're the Holy One. You, you are the one Israel praises. You're the object of our worship. Or you might say the subject of our worship, since he's a personal deity, not impersonal. The subject of our worship. In you, our ancestors put their trust. We come from a long line of people who trust you, Lord. So why, why are you forsaking us right now? We, we come from a long line of people who trust you. Our ancestors put their trust, they trusted, and you delivered them. We, we've heard the stories of how you delivered them. We've heard the, we, we retell the stories, all of our holidays, all of our gatherings. We talk about the good things, God, you've done for them in the past. So why have you forsaken us now today? That's what the uh, psalm writer is asking. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Glad you guys are on. Starting off this Monday morning. Yeah. Verse 5. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. That's what we after, that part. Verse 6. So, so he's saying, you know, so he starts off you know, feeling forsaken. He looks back. God, you've done all these awesome things in the past. You've been so good to... Uh, your people in the past, we we tell of your wonderful deeds all the time. Um, verse 6, but I am a worm and not a man. <laughs> Scorned by everyone, despised by the people. So, God, you've done all these great things, but I'm not feeling it right now. I'm not seeing it in this moment. Like, what is going on? I feel like a worm. I wish it were true that I never felt that way, but yeah, I, I felt like a worm before. Man, you're such a worm. <laughs> you're such a jerk. You're, <laughs> you ever tell yourself that like you, after you do something, you're like, you are not a good person. <laughs> you are not a good person for what you just said. You are not a good person for what you just thought. Yeah, those are the internal crazy conversations I have with myself. Like, yeah, Terry, mm, you're not a nice person. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's not Terry. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit saying that. <laughs> Terry, you need to straighten up. You need to get it together. But not. To, but we've got a new week, man. New week starts us off right. But that's what this uh, the psalm writer is saying. Says, I'm a worm, not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. <laughs> okay, thanks, James. At least I'm not alone here. <laughs> you are not a good person. You are, <laughs> that's the internal conversation. You, you are not nice. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard I, I've heard that voice every once in a while. Uh, probably more often than I'd like to admit. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, the, that is not nice, bro. That's I hear that voice sometimes. That is not nice. Verse seven: All who see me mock me; they hurl insults, shaking their heads. So he's feeling it, man. He's feeling the uh, the brunt of. Uh, People's wrath and anger and frustration. Verse 7 or verse 8. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. So things in life are not going right. People say, Look, he's, he, lo he loves Jesus and his life's still all messed up. Let him trust in Jesus to help him. So it's a mock, right? They're mocking his faith. Um, yeah. You know how it is, man. Sometimes um, when 
and crazy things happen. People like, you see what you you serve Jesus. What good does it? What good has it done for you? Well, what they don't see is the good that it's done on the inside. It's helped on the outside too, for sure. But it's also done a whole lot on the inside. You see, I I don't have the same anxiety and worry and regret and doubt and uh ang- and just uh angst in my spirit that that uh that it, perhaps I should have given what I'm going through. But the reason I don't have all those internal uh conflicts and strife is because the spirit of God dwells in me and the kingdom of God lives within. And so he brings peace, joy, and righteousness and hope regardless of the situation. Yeah. So people on the outside say, look, why you look, you trust the Lord. You still, you still dealing with this. Your car's still broken. It seems so petty uh, when after I said it. I'm sorry. It's not so petty. Like of all the all the great calamities of life, your car broke. <laughs> oh man! You know? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Of all the calamities of life, your brakes need to be repaired. <gasps> oh my goodness! It's funny though how we how we um we uh <laughs> we look at some of these things in life and make them so huge, you know, like a Goliath. Oh my gosh. I, my car's low on gas. I've got to fill up with gas. <gasps> I guess I'm going to conquer my Goliath today and go fill my car up with gas. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting a little fender bender. <gasps> Devil, you trying to get me. You trying to get me. <laughs> you, you had a little fender bender. What? <laughs> what? What? That's no good. That's not Goliath. And and I'm I'm be honest with you, like the enemy probably has he's probably got bigger schemes he's working than to give you a little fender bender. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Terry, you're not that important. Oh my goodness. Oh, but it is funny how we some of the small, small things we make like these huge, like monumental obstacles we must overcome. Oh my goodness. My favorite shirt is not clean. Oh no. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I <laughs> know you just forgot to do the laundry. Satan ain't did nothing with that. <laughs> oh, the devil didn't do that, man. He just forgot to do the laundry. I rebuke you, enemy. Oh, you trying to get you trying to get me. You trying to Oh my goodness. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> thank you for thank you for sharing that, Sandy. Yeah, I appreciate that. People want to donate and uh, drop off supplies. I love it. We'll be talking about some of that today too. Um I'm sure we'll be doing some collections as well. All right, moving on. Verse 9, you brought me up out of the womb. You made me trust in you even at my mother's breast. So I've known you, you know, I've been raised knowing knowing about God. From birth, I was cast on you. My mother's womb, You from my mother's womb, you have been my God. So he's feeling a little resentful right now. He's like, man. I was drugged to church. When I was a kid, I had a drug problem. Mama drugged me to church. 
every time I turn around. I had a bad drug problem when I was a little when I was a child. Mom, mama drugged me to church. Yeah, that's what he's saying. He said I was raised with a drug problem. I was drugged to church every time I turn around. Um, verse eleven: Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me; strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Like I'm feeling threatened on every side. Roaring lions, they, they that tear the prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. That sounds like me every Monday morning, right there. <laughs> all my bones, all my bones is out of joint. <clears throat> Man, that's me. I mean, that's Monday every Monday for me. Actually, that's most mornings lately. Oh man, my my bones are out of joint. Come on, you know you know what I'm saying. My heart was has turned to wax; it has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. I can tell you right now, I never use the word potsherd. I'm just be real with you. You, you, um, what is that line? Um, my mouth is dry. My tongue is just. I can't even find a word now. My heart is turned to wax. It is melted within me. Uh, my mouth is dried up like dry. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd. Like a pot's herd. I, yeah, I don't use that word ever. You, yeah, it's a noun. It's a broken piece of ceramic material, especially one found on an archaeological site. It's a broken piece of ceramic material. A pot's herd. <laughs> Not pot turd, guys. I'm sorry. It's Monday. What do you expect? What do you expect? Not pots turd. Pots heard. Heard. That doesn't have to do with like a pots turd. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do that. I do feel like that sometimes. Um, but yeah. So anyway, um, mouth dried up like a pots heard. <sighs> And my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth and lay me in the dust of death. Verse 16, dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. You can't read that would help without thinking about Jesus, right? They cast lots for his garments. Jesus. Um, and that's the thing about, you know, uh, in antiquity, often a way to reference a psalm because there weren't there weren't chapters like you didn't say hey psalm 22 you would often say just the um the first line of a psalm and that would reference the entire thing so here when he begins when jesus says my god my god why have you forsaken me he's referencing this familiar psalm verse 19 but you lord do not be far from me you are my strength come quickly to help me Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. 
Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. See how this, see how this psalm shifts to a psalm of triumph? So he started in, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He talks about, man, in the past you did amazing things, but I feel like a worm. I mean, a pot's herd. <laughs> pot's herd. You got to say it slow or it doesn't sound right. It's kind of like pet smart. Is it pet smart or pet smart? Hmm. Pet smart or pet smart? Is it pot's herd or pot's turd? It depends where you it depends where you pause, how you sound it out. Pot heard. Pot's turd. See, it's there's it's different. But anyway, but I digress. Uh, which I've been doing most of this podcast, to be honest with you. So, hmm. I don't know if you're getting any spiritual benefit of this out of this, but at least, um, well, I don't even know. I don't even know. Maybe a chuckle or two. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> twenty-one. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name. To, to my people in the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel. See, it's shifting here. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. God has heard us. You know that? You're in the middle of a, a struggle, trial, trial right now. God hears you. He hears you. He's listened to your cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. I'm going to keep my commitment to you, Lord. You know, Mondays are <laughs> Mondays are a day when a lot of people make commitments to Jesus. I'm just what? It's true. You know, so you just Sunday, you meant to go to church. You meant to go to church. You meant to do all these things. You meant to, you meant to lift up prayers. You meant to get whatever. You had to. Something you was going to do for Jesus yesterday. Anyway, but Monday is the day everybody makes new commitments to Jesus. Jesus, this week, I'm going to start eating right. Jesus, this week, for you, I'm going to start treating my, I'm going to start exercising. Jesus, this week, starting today, I'm going to start spending some time with, with you, Lord. So Monday is the day everybody makes commitments to Jesus. Monday. Yeah. Monday's, Monday's commitment day. Thank, thank the Lord for Monday mornings, right? New commitments. We're gonna make a new new mercies and new every day. New every week. Monday, Monday is for new mercies. And Tuesday comes. Like I well, mm, did I say that? I meant I don't know if I meant that. I I know I said that, Lord. I know I said that, Lord. But you know, I've been having a crazy, you know, this week started off rough, Jesus. You know, I know I made that commitment and everything. And I meant it. I did mean it, but you know, I didn't know what was coming my way. And so, you know, can we just pick this up again next week? Can we just pick this up again next week? You know, you know how it goes. <laughs> but Monday, yeah. Monday is commitment day. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're going to get in better shape. We're going to eat right. We're going to, you know, let that old grievance go that we had carried over the weekend, all weekend long. But Monday, we said we're going to drop it. We made new commitments to Jesus. Mm-hmm. We did. And then Tuesday comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, verse 11. 
Yeah, so those are the wondering how we we're firing up in Tarpon Springs, Palm Harbor, Pinellas County. We did really well. You know, we're very, very, very fortunate through all of it. Um, so we're, we're fine. Uh, south of here, a couple hours, 50 miles, 100 miles from here, not so great. Um, the poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him, for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Yeah. He coming, his faith coming back right here. See, the psalm writer, he starts with this journey. He's struggling to be in, but right now he's feeling it, right? He's getting his worship on. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his goodness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. Ooh, I like that, man. Yeah, that can be your testimony, whatever you're going through. Keep the faith. Keep calling out to Jesus. He hasn't forgotten you. It may feel like it, I know. Sometimes it does feel like that. It ain't true. It feels like it, but the feelings are not reality. Feelings are feelings. Feelings aren't the truth. Feelings are based on a whole bunch of stuff, based on our own concoctions of the way things really are, our own insecurities, our own lack of the whole, the whole perspective. Um, just an internal response to your environment. It's not reality. It's not exactly the way things are. So you got to lean into faith, not fear. Faith, not the feelings. Trust God and what he says, and he's going to deliver you. Delivered you. Listen to me. He's going to deliver you. He's going to deliver you. All right, let's, leave, let's read a little bit out from C.S. Lewis. Let's do it, y'all. Uh, this is C.S. Lewis writing a little bit after he lost his, uh, his wife, and that's the grief observed. And um, the great iconoclast, which iconoclast is someone who, like, blows up uh, beloved social customs, right? Like, yeah. So, Lewis grieving the death of his wife, Joy. It doesn't matter that all the photographs of H, that's what he calls her in the, just H is short for his wife. It doesn't matter that all the uh, photographs of, of H are bad, so the pictures are not that great. <laughs> She's passed on now. All I have left is part, part, photographs, and the pictures really aren't that great. It doesn't matter, not much, if my memory of her is imperfect. Images, whether on paper or in my mind, are not important for themselves, merely links. Take a parallel from an infinitely higher sphere. Tomorrow morning, a priest will give me a little round, thin, cold, tasteless wafer. He's talking about a communion wafer, man, them things, it don't taste good. You know, they stick to the roof of your mouth. You get those little, little, little Jesus wafers, and you know how it is. You take and go <laughs> to the top of it. You ever try, look, pastors, you, you, pastors will, this will happen. You say, the, the body of, the body of, Christ broken for you, take and eat in remembrance of him, and you put that little wafer in your mouth, and then you go. And then you can always know if it's stuck to the roof of the pastor's mouth because listen to what he says next. And he says, the blood of Christ. <laughs> and this is the blood of Christ. <laughs> if he talks like that or she talks like that, it means that the wafer, the body of Jesus, is stuck to the roof. <laughs> it's stuck to the top of his, his mouth. 
It's happened to me. And now the blood of the blood of Christ. <laughs> Drink in remembrance of him. Yeah, that happened. Anyway, C.S. Lewis is talking about that little wafer right here. He says it's a tasteless little wafer, but it represents what it represents. Not the Don't go. I, I tell you, man, I, it's funny when some people, people complain about the taste of Holy Communion. Man, this communion didn't, wasn't t- didn't taste very good. You ain't going for breakfast. You're going, you're going to the Lord's table. <sighs> ain't a donut. Man, come on. Anyway. I like that other communion better. It tastes better. What? <laughs> Pastor Tim, you know that's happened to you too, hasn't it? The body of Christ. You got to use your tongue to kind of get that way for all the roof of your mouth. Oh, uh, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> is it a disadvantage? It is not in some, it is, is it not in some ways an advantage that it can pretend the least resemblance to that which it unites? I need Christ, not something that resembles him. That's the truth, man. I want H, not something that is like her. There's truth in which pictures are not the same, right? What he's saying is, I really want my wife back, not, not just a picture of her. A really good photograph might become, in the end, a snare, a horror, an obstacle. Images, I must suppose, have their use, and they would not have been, or they would have not been so popular. I mean, they have their, they have their place, pictures and things that help us remember people. It makes, us, it makes little difference whether they are pictures or statues outside the mind or imaginative con- constructions within. To me, however, their, their danger is more obvious. Images of the holy easily become holy images, sacrosanct. So he's saying um, images, if we aren't careful, can be objects of our worship, um, and that's dangerous. Uh, images, if they point us to the holy and remind us of the holy, that's good. But when the images become holy images, that's idolatry. <laughs> that's not good. They become uh, superstitions. They become trinkets. They become rabbit's feet. I was, is it rabbit's feet? Rabbit's foot. Rabbit's feet? <laughs> it's got to be rabbit's feet, right? Anyway, my idea of God is not a divine idea. It has to uh, be shattered time after time. He shatters it himself. He is the great iconoclast. He, he, God blows up our uh, ideas, our, our, um, our idol worship, and basically keeps pointing us to the real. Could we not almost say that this shattering is one of the marks of his presence? The incarnation is the supreme example. It leaves all previous ideas of the Messiah in ruins. And most are offended by the iconoclasm. He blew it up. He blew up what God was, who God really was when he became a human being. And blessed are those who are not. But the same thing happens in our private prayers. All reality is iconoclastic. The earthly beloved, even in this life, incessantly triumphs over mere, our mere idea of her. And you want her too. You want her with all her resistances, all her faults, all her unexpectedness. That is in her four square and independent reality. And this, not 
any image or memory is what we are still to, and is what we are to love still after she is dead. Wow. So he's saying what I long for is, is the real her, not a picture, not even a memory. I really long for her with all of her, you know, her realness, right? Unexpectedness, her, her, uh, her living, breathing, moving, the, re the reality of her. That's what I long for. Even in her death, that's what I long for, her. And, it, and he talks, and he's paralleling that with our, our relationship with Jesus. We want a real relationship with God. We want God. And so God is continually blowing up these false images of who he is that we tend to worship or lean into. And the greatest example of him sort of blowing up those false images of what God was like was the incarnation of Jesus becoming human being, becoming a man, living, showing us up close what God was really, really like. That God is relational. He's loving. He's caring. He's just. He's holy. And he is stronger than death. Mm. Well, let's pray, you guys. Thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for taking time to, to pray, spend some time in the Word. You guys are awesome. Having a few laughs, you know, it's all good. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your Holy Word. Thank you for um, being with us through our trials and hardships. Um, God, we pray for those to our south right now in Fort Myers and Venice and Port Charlotte and the surrounding communities, Lord, who are struggling to put pieces back together. And many of them maybe are feeling, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Lord, so help us as your church, as your people, as, your, as their neighbors, to show them love and kindness and grace and to show them that you are good and that you care. Lord, I pray for my friends today, every person at the sound of my voice. May you encourage them and strengthen them today. May, them sh may you show them in unique ways your love and your grace um, that is extended to them. We love you. Give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everybody. Thank you guys for being on today. Hope you have a great week. We'll be back at it tomorrow morning. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, all those good things. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.